0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: After being labelled serial bottlers, a team that can only put the pressure on, it was down to Tottenham Hotspur's boys to save a nation, as Kane, Trippier, and Dyer held their nerve to send England through to the quarterfinals of the World Cup. As we have the last word on Spurs in our international special.
2: Trippier takes. Referee Cedar push and given a penalty. Carlos Sanchez would not set Harry Kane free. Harry Kane is England's priceless gem. Him and him again. And England strike first. His boot is golden. Quadrado takes. And Mina scores. To save themselves at the last their carnival goes on and we are headed for extra time and it comes down to five kicks each from 12 yards three each after four each back up, Pickford stops it Eric Dyer places the ball on the spot and England win on penalties. History in itself for this new team,
1: new territory, the last eight of the World Cup, and who knows where beyond there. Hello guys, and welcome back to The Last Word on Spurs. As you are aware, you can follow the show across a variety of different platforms, We are, of course, on Twitter at Last One on Spurs. You can also find us on Facebook and also not forgetting Instagram. On this special edition of The Last One on Spurs, we're going to be looking back at England finally getting over the line in a penalty shootout thanks to Spurs' boys. Joining me tonight, I am pleased to say I've got three very proud Englishmen. First up, back on the show, I've got John Mannings. John, how are you?
3: Oh, but buzzing still, mate. I was uh, loving that last night. The involvement of the Tottenham players obviously put a nice extra cherry on the top of that England cake. Is it coming home, John? Of course it is. <laughs> what sort of question is that?
1: What sort of question yes. is Yes. Someone had to say it, didn't they? <laughs> Someone to say it. Joining John tonight, another one of our regular guests back on the show, and of course, Lee McQueen. Lee, how are you feeling right now?
4: I'm like, I'm like John, mate, I think the whole nation's buzzing. I mean, we, we've fallen back in love with England and I didn't ever think that I'd say that. Certainly not this this early on. Um, what they've done so far is... We won a World, we won a World <laughs> Cup penalty shootout.
1: End of. that's there you that's go. Good Should enough. we just end it there? That, that'll be, that'll be yeah, enough, won't finish. it? Finished. <laughs> Have fun, people. It does remind me, Lee, of um, when Pochettino took over Spurs. Just that kind of instant, you know, team togetherness already seeming the way Southgate has got these boys together. I mean, it's great to see some of the images out there. Very reminiscent to me of, you know, when Pochettino took charge and the adaptation and the way they're playing football right now. But finally, last but not least, I've got to bring him in. Of course, the co-host of the show, Jason McGovern's with me. Jace, enjoyed last night?
5: I was proud of our boys, but I'm, I'm a bit disappointed that our pre-season plans are being ruined and I'm worried about that Newcastle game. You know, don't care what happens with England. I want those three points at St James's, and if our players are late back, I'll be pissed off, mate. <laughs>
1: there you go, the diplomat. We've got to have a, a serial Spurs fan on here. Forget the England stuff for a minute. That is a big concern. Jase, but do you not think as well the point of the further these boys go for their own mentality, wouldn't it be great to have a World Cup winner in the Tottenham squad or several of them?
5: No, it would be absolutely fantastic, and um, you know it's brilliant that uh, so many people that have been criticising them and mouthing off and Kane's got a lisp and this one's a botler and this one's a diver suddenly everyone seems behind them and everyone's saying oh drop the drop the club thing they're all playing for England now so no it's fantastic Kane's Kane's obviously getting the love of the nation now nobody's mentioned him claiming goals or anything like that <laughs> and uh, no it would be brilliant for for us it just. Just that it would be typical Spursy thing, wouldn't it? The, they finally win a trophy, and yet it's still not for Spurs. I mean, it would just, tragic, just, just it? A be singer. everything, wouldn't it? They've, they've won the biggest trophy you could possibly win, and it's still not in the top of the mantelpiece. But um, yeah. no, it's, you know you got to be proud, and, and the, the whole lot. You know, Sonny's Sonny's done us proud out there. Mm. Yeah, Vatonga recovered from his blip the other night to, to, to launch Belgium's recovery. I thought was Sanchez. Sanchez last yeah, Sanchez. Absolutely. Yeah, well, okay. I thought he was the best player on a pitch by a long way, Davinson yeah, well. Sanchez. And, yep. you know, Ericsson got his goal. So it's been a really good World Cup for our boys so far.
1: Yeah, don't worry. We're going to cover every single player that Spurs have had at the World Cup, cover all of their impacts. So don't worry, a lot to come. John, let me start with you. We're going to have to start with England, of course. I mean, it does seem, John, that a defining moment. In England's history, in their mentality, finally, John, they've won a penalty shootout in a World Cup. Can you believe it?
3: It's. Do you know what? It's. I it didn't think of it at the time whilst watching it. Obviously, you get so wrapped up in the emotion of it all. I didn't even realise it. Like, obviously, I knew it was our first one, but you don't realise how much of a buzz it gives. Like, I've literally been. I've been floating today. It's been ridiculous. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of countries that can say they've won a lot more than one. And all the rest of it. But this that was special last night. It was it was special because it was, you know, you know me. I've, I'm one of them stupid sods who've always been, you know, I've been to countless England friendlies and go to a lot of the qualifiers. And I do love England. But I'm I just feeling that everyone, like Lee just said, everyone's getting behind the team now. And all I wanted from this World Cup was, I, I, at the beginning, I, someone said, would England win it? I'd say no. But I just want us to want them to make us proud again, and game by yeah. game, that's exactly what they're achieving, and it's uh, it's a great feeling. It's a great feeling to walk into work, and even those people that don't follow football, you know, they're buzzing as well because England have won a penalty shootout. Uh, what a moment it was!
1: Yeah, I mean it was what well, fairy tale, wasn't it? It was an absolute fairy tale moment. I mean, Lee bringing you in. Like I say, you seem very, very proud of what Southgate has kind of moulded together here. And, I mean, the, the, top, the style of football as well, Lee, that has to be given some credit, doesn't it? Because, you know, a lot of people are criticising Southgate for, you know, maybe resting the players, you know, his key ones that he did against Belgium. But to be fair to him, it proved right, didn't it, on the night?
4: Uh, uh, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I think we're going to be waxing Liverpool, I think, a little bit tonight on the Old England front. Um Look, I think what Gav Southgate has done, and you're right, Rick, to point out, you know, a little bit like like uh, and what he's done, is is gelled a team together. And whether or not you're playing cricket or football or rugby or you're in business or you're at school or whatever it is that you do, when you're listening to the pod, the reality is that there, there is no eye in team. Mm. And for years in the England setup, we've had a lot of eyes and not a lot of teams. And you know, you go back to the gold, so-called golden age, of golden generation, 2002, 2006, Sven gorn Eriksson. And by the way, everyone ripped Sven at the title. like, oh, he's this, is that. He's the only guy that's got us to the quarterfinals. Um, you know, pre- previous to, to, to Gareth, I travelled Germany, the whole of Germany, I followed every single game at the World Cup in 2006, and I and I was in the uh, I was in the stand in the penalty shootout when we lost to Portugal and I I, gen- I generally thought that, that that was it. Do you know what I mean? I, I generally thought we are not I'm never gonna see England win the World Cup. And I have to say, fast forward twelve years and a lot lot uh, older and <laughs> fatter and hopefully wiser I, I think it's coming home. I have to say I, I, you know I am always optimistic but I tell you this I talked to you this morning dinner Rick mm, and I, t- I tell you this now right let, let me let me sum this up listeners. Three games that is it three games and we're world champions sounds easy doesn't it? sounds easy it does sound easy and you break it down and I think coming back to the Pochettino link as well and what Gareth's done with his staff uh, Steve Holland massive credit the whole backroom team it's a process and Pochettino always talks about Spurs don't he about getting them ready to win getting them getting them through the process going to Stanford Bridge last season and winning 3-1 you know 27 years or 30 years of hurt whatever it was it's a process of getting it out. And you can see us Spurs boys stepping up yesterday. It's a process, and that's what they're doing with England. They have now got a massive monkey off their back with regards to a penalty shootout. So, so they, they've gone through that process, and they've learnt from that, and they can only draw better experience from that. Do you, do you see what I mean? So I can only see it being positive. The fact, the way I look at it now is this. No one, like John, and I was just saying, no one expected England to do well, was expecting the worst. And if we got to the quarterfinals, it would be an amazing World Cup run. Well, guess what, guys and girls? We're in the quarterfinals. So the reality is, everything now moving forward is, is freedom almost. It's cherry on the cake. Go and play and go and be free. And, and I think if we can do that, we, we, we've got a cracking chance. Three games.
1: Yeah, three games, as you say. I mean, bringing it over to you, Jason, bringing it back to more of a Spurs emphasis, you know, there's no doubt about it, Jason. These Spurs players, I mean, for me, they've just kept dragging this England team forward. If England achieve anything, surely a lot of it's got to be down to Pochettino. I think six of those players in that squad, you know, they're foundations of what he has um, delivered, if you like.
5: Right, absolutely. And and Kane's fully justified the, the captaincy role as well, hasn't he? I mean, he's immense last night he was the one person that when all of it was was kind of kicking off he was the one trying to calm everyone down you know Jordan Henderson without trying to get into the club thing I mean as stupid is that getting booked when we've been awarded a penalty and that 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 kind of just shows you the difference Kane Kane can stay quite em- he's emotionally involved in the game but he can be quite cold and stay away yeah. from the the heat of the game if you know what I mean and the provocation some of the the fouls on him, he just doesn't react. And, and, you know, like I say, everyone in the country is suddenly realising what we've had the privilege of watching him for for four years in him. But he he's grown as a, an absolute leader and the, the bottle that he shows, you know, there's, there's no question he was taking that first penalty last night and there was no question he was scoring the one in normal time and the first one last night. He's, he's just been immense and uh, I can see Sir Harry coming along in a, in a few months' time, that's for sure. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, just to really break it down on some of these Spurs players in that England side, I mean, let's talk about Trippier for a second, who has been, for me, oh, just as good as Kane. You know, if you look at his performances, consistency-wise, John, let me start with you. Trippier, could you believe what you're watching? Because a lot of people, you know, they always say, John, it's all about pace being a fullback. But how importantly has this guy's delivery been from set-pieces? You know, it's been phenomenal, hasn't he, this tournament?
3: Yes, yeah, and I think it, it's got a lot to do with um, the player that's playing just beside and slightly behind him. I think Kyle Walker has also been superb in that position, and it does allow Trippier that freedom of be, of being a wing back, being able to bomb on, knowing that he's got a, a natural right back behind him and someone who's obviously got pace to burn as well. So I think there's been a culmination of a lot of things. We know Trippier plays well in this system because it's very similar to the one that Pochettino uses at Tottenham, and you know we've seen him flourish as a wing back and. We know his delivery is good. Oh, I'm not sure that um, we'll see him on free kicks at Tottenham, but his corners, you know, his corners have bought England some goals, and yeah, he's, he has been massively impressive. And I think, although Dial scored the winning penalty, the bollocks on Kieran Trippier last oh. night. It, it, you know, Henderson's just missed, and he knows his You know, if, if he doesn't score, it's pretty much done. And to have the, the testicular fortitude to step up. And smash it in the top corner was just shows unbelievable amounts of courage. And yeah, he's 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 showing the world, you know, how good how good he is. And I think that that's that's the only thing I've been uncomfortable about, Ricky, to tell you the truth. I don't like sharing our players with the rest of the country. No,
1: nor do I. I hate it John. I feel slightly so like, I, <laughs> <laughs> I do mate, I hate seeing other teams celebrating Kane's goal, especially Arsenal fans. I don't like it, I never will like it, I don't I just can't yeah. um, I I can't stand it. There are players.
3: Yeah, Do you it, mean there are players? It's like it's like you know, like we're we're members of some dodgy underground club that has been <laughs> infiltrated, and we're getting all this scum from elsewhere coming and wanting to join in. It if it feels weird, but it's, it's it is nice, really. And you look, you know, I mean, obviously, we'll talk about Kane. And the one thing I've got to say about Kane is I just love. He's not even wearing a spur shirt, but he's still boiling serious amounts of piss. He's got two tappings, <laughs> three penalties, and one that he didn't even know anything about, and he's two goals clear in the race for the golden boot. The bloke just takes the piss every single time. <laughs> but no one, John, ended...
1: but no one's moaning now, are they, John? If it was like, he, if it was ended... a Tottenham shirt on, it'd be all
3: different. But that's what I'm saying, Vic. If mm. the last if the last three games he played in, he'd been wearing a cockerel on his chest. Yep. He would have had all that tapping merch and penalty spot merch on, of nonsense. Spot on. Right? And it just cracks me up. It's like he knows. It's like, I ain't even going to fucking try. I'm, he's had six <laughs> shots on target in this World Cup and he scored six goals. That's
1: crazy, it isn't just,
3: it? T- He takes the absolute piss and I love him so much for it.
1: Oh, we all do. We all. I mean, Lee, let me bring you in. I mean, like John says there, a lot of focus will be on Dyer's penalty, which is completely understandable. That's the winning penalty. But, I mean, Tripper, you may have to say, Lee, deserves the most praise. I mean, if he misses England, the probably like to go home. He just saw his teammate miss before that. I mean, as John said, showed major bollocks and demonstrated great skill at all. A phenomenal penalty, wasn't it?
4: Oh, it was the... like. Technically, um, obviously talk to me about technical, how to strike a ball, because clearly <laughs> I'm the expert. But technically, that was the best penalty, I think. I think it was absolutely spot on. And, and then and then you pick that up and put that into the situation like you guys have just described. Massive cojones, just as he's walking up there, just swinging, hitting his knees. And then, bang, he just hits it in the top court. It's just fantastic, absolutely brilliant penalty. What, what I would say about Dyer, and you'll probably come on to him later, Rick, but what yeah. I would say about Dyer is he weren't down to take that penalty. So, talk about um, Trippier's massive balls, Dyer, fair fucking play, because he was not down to take that penalty. It was Vardy. And Vardy was like, oh, actually, yeah, I've got a bit of a groin strain. So then Dyer's like, I'll take it. Um, so, again, I just think the Spurs, the lads in the group, when you look at Danny Rose um, as well, you know, he came on, he, he, he nearly scored. He he did. Yeah, he did have a good chance, chance. selling. So yeah. The lads, the lads are just again, I'll come back to Prototino and the process. You, you guys are familiar, right, with with that, aren't you? Like we've talked of course. about it before well, That's about what Gareth it, said, I think, last night things. in the interview. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. that's what Gareth's doing for him. Trippy after after the game, he just seemed calm and like, do you know what? It was it was normal. It was like I just had it in my head. I just knew what I was going to do, and just think, what fair play to you, mate. I thought it was brilliant.
1: It was. Let me ask you a question, Jace. Well, this is Trias Rayo asking the question. He says, has Kieran Trippier reached an entirely new level or is he yet to be tested against someone with electric pace? Say, which was a kryptonite for him last season? Good point. What do you reckon of that one, Jace?
5: I think if we're being objective about it, he hasn't really been tested too much defensively. Um, and and of course, that's, that's always the 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 doubts about him when we remember what Leroy Sane did. But I mean, you know... I don't think that's going to come against Sweden in a quarterfinal and whether Pulisic can can do it once or twice against Croatia but a couple of times last night in you know after we've gone one nil up he got tested defensively and, and made his blocks and things so th- that will always be the doubt in, in Kieran Trippier. but uh, you know at the moment I, I see the two you know there's the, certainly the the Sweden game England will probably have more of the ball and, and again it will be about Trippier's delivery and great thing is he he now takes better corners than ericsson he takes better free kicks than ericsson and he now takes better penalties than ericsson so you know it's amazing the progress he's made it's yeah just just to quickly correct john on one he said canes had six shots on target and scored six i think john's wrong because i think canes only actually had five shots and scored six
3: no he had he had one
5: he's had one shot that he didn't score from all right okay okay He's still taking the piss, nevertheless. <laughs> I, I thought, bloody, he's even scoring goals when he doesn't shoot now, Kane. That's, that's the greatest thing. I mean, talk about scores when he wants.
1: <laughs> I've got to ask you, Jason. Ray Grit asked the question, and, you know, it's fair to ask this one now. I think this is going back a while now. You said Harry Kane wasn't world class. Ray's asking the question <laughs> Is Harry Kane world class now for you, Jason?
5: He's getting there, that's for sure. No, it's, uh, you know, he's just delivering. He's delivering all the time, isn't he? He answers every question about him. doesn't score in the big games, so he, he scores for us in the big games. And he doesn't score on he'll only count if it's Champions League games. And he scored, what, seven or eight Champions League goals now. And yeah, but he hasn't scored a, a major tournament goal. And there he is with a, with a golden boot about to be delivered to his mantelpiece. It's, it's astonishing. And, and, yeah, you have to say he's, he's, he's world-class. I, I think any side in the world would, 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 would want him in their side, that's for sure.
1: Mm. He is incredible. Just a final one to you, Jace, Ray's second part of the question. I think you've answered it briefly on Trippier, but he says, do you think Trippier's pretty can play in that right wing-back role now if Poch wants to revert back to a back-free system next season? He's been superb all tournament, missing the weekly show, guys. Trying to keep him alive, Ray. We're still going. Jase, do you want to answer that one?
5: I think, he's, I think he showed that at Tottenham, in fairness, last year anyway. I haven't been that that surprised with 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 a lot of his play, we, we all know that he's got fantastic delivery. We we said it all season when comparing him and Aurier, didn't we, that the difference between the two is, whilst he doesn't have the pace, he delivers a better ball. And how many assists does he get for us? So, mm. you know, that part of the game hasn't surprised me in Trippier. It it just seems that, you know, everyone else is now cottoning on to the fact what a, what a brilliant crosser of the ball he is. But mm. we've seen that for, for two seasons, haven't we? I think the surprise in him is has been that England have, have made him their their, their number one set-piece taker. And, and that's the surprise. And that's the one thing that we've got to take out of it. Because, as I say, his, his corners have been fantastic. And his free kicks from wide areas have been fantastic. And, you know, we don't have to rely on Eriksen all the time next season.
1: Mm. I mean, he's got up another level, hasn't he, on the highest possible stage in both ends in terms of attacking and defending. I mean, it's just incredible how Pochettino is making that full-back so much, you know, immeasurably better then when he first broke into, you know, the team, you know, you have to say his development and progression from his Burnley days, I mean, it is there for all to see. I mean, let's bring it back to Kane for a moment, John. Let me come round to you. How proud of that make you, John? You know, when those penalties were being lined up, you know, the players were kind of gathering and you saw Kane, he went round to kind of every individual player, especially to Pickford. A lot of gave me like a pep talk. I mean, I was so proud to think this is, you know, our centre forward, you know, He'll be a captain for Spurs one day. I've got absolutely no doubt about it. But that filled me with such pride to see our player there really taking the balls by the hall. And, you know, the courage to step up from the penalty spot. Again, like he did during the game as well, you know, to put it away for England. He's been brilliant from the spot, hasn't he? This he's, uh,
3: he's just... I uh, know uh, we've, we've eulogised over him many, many times on on this podcast, but it's just when you see him in that in that England environment, he's just... He, obviously, he's got a slightly different role to the one he's got at Tottenham on the pitch, maybe. But yeah, pride is definitely the overriding feeling because you know the World Cup is about watching all these exotic players from exotic countries, and you you look at it now and you go, the best number nine on the planet, and he plays for Tottenham, and yes. that's that's enough of a sense of pride. You know, we're proud of we're proud of him even two years ago when the Euros went so badly because you know because it did go so badly, you you leap to their defence. But at the moment, you know. It's just the whole country's in love with them and it just makes you love them a little bit more. And yeah, pride pride is a, it's a funny thing when it comes to England because it can, it can quickly dissipate. If we have a couple of bad results in the Nations League, Croatia and Spain in the autumn, then the interest will start to wane again. But I just I really hope that people stay with it because th- this group of players here, take club allegiances out of it. Harry Maguire was unbelievable. I thought Jordan Henderson was really good and I, you can't knock him for... Missing a penalty, at least he had the balls to take one. Like Lee said, it should have been Vardy. But, yeah, this, this, this whole thing is being led by Harry Kane. And that's, that's, that's the most proudest part of it. You know, he's the captain, he's the catalyst for everything good that England have done at this World Cup. And has been for, for a little while, I think. People are not realising. He's got 24 England goals now. Mm. Wayne Rooney's record is 53, which had stood since Bobby Charlton was about. I cannot see Wayne Rooney being England's record goal scorer for too many more years, to be honest. And it'll be our man; it'll be H who breaks it. And that's another; that'll be another thing to be proud of. Four and four, but yeah, just I'm enjoying this ride. Really enjoying this ride at this World Cup. It's it's all the Tottenham boys doing it for us, not just Kane. I'm making all and the yeah, noise,
1: John. All the Tottenham boys making all the noise.
3: They're, they're making; they are making all the noise, mate. They're scoring all the goals. They're, they're giving a whole nation. That that you know, saint to cheer about, and uh, like I say earlier, in a selfish way, I'm looking forward to August when everyone hates them again, <laughs> and it's just they just belong to us again. But yeah, for the time being, mate, absolutely proud. Love the bloke. Love, uh, like I said, all, every single member of this England squad. They're they're doing what we what we hope they do, and they're making us proud. They're making the whole country get involved again and be get excited about what's in England. Is that because yeah, there's no
1: Arsenal players in there, John? as well? Oh, that helps a bit, doesn't
3: it? <laughs> I think that helps, does it? <laughs> yeah, of course it does. Look, listen, I, I don't don't think it, I didn't enjoy that Colombia penalty shoot out of that a little bit more because Dustin Dave was in goal for Colombia. <laughs> you know what I mean? It makes a difference. Of course it does. Oh, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure they'd have been the the, the gooners would be coming out in support of uh, the Colombian goalkeeper if England did go out, but they didn't. Here we are, like Lee said, three more games
1: mm. coming home. Three more games. Well, let's talk about the opposition uh, players for a second, because obviously we had our Davinson Sanchez in there. We're going to come on to him in just a second. But Wilmar Barrios, he's been a name that's been linked to Spurs as a potential Musa Dembele replacement. Lee, not sure if you kept drawing him closely against England. Did you at all
4: I did. see much I of him? What did you make a, of him? I thought he was a dirty fucking bastard.
1: Quite <laughs> <funny>. <laughs> is that what so, we need, Sorry, though, if you Lee? want to edit think, that out. No, I'll no, but that is again that what we need? No, listen, that's, that's fine. But like, do you, not, you know what? Do you know what we need, I Lee, this team?
4: I thought he was filth. And actually, you know what? You could see him in a North London derby. Well, that's what I with, say. It's another lamella,
1: isn't it? Another little Yeah, jerky, you
4: could, you could see him in an a North London player. derby getting stuck in and, you know, and red card waiting, traveling, that sort of stuff. But, you know, so so maybe, maybe take it to a pinch of salt. I mean, he gets around the pitch really well. Um, blocks, tackles, uh, very hard. You know, he's a hard player, so he's kind of that kind of enforcer uh, type person. I, I wouldn't say he was... I mean, I don't think you can find a Dembele... Like for like replacement, I think he's no, uh, I think he's out there player. on his own, but um, yeah, I think I think the Colombian players they just lacked a bit of a bit of class. But I w- what I would say is there was one Colombian player for me that didn't lack class, and that was our own boy Davison Sanchez. Oh, I thought course. he was outstanding again, you know, just just class above you know, it, I'd love to have a conversation with him, not like I can I can fucking speak Columbia. Spanish or Spanish or whatever it is. But, um, I, you know, I, I'd love to have a conversation with him because I could just imagine him just being kind of totally chilled out and just, you know, yeah, like quite monotone, just quite chilled. Like, you know, just, he just goes about his business. And I thought it was, it was a class act from him in a team where they've got... I, I personally think they've got good quality, mm. but for some weird reason, they, the tactics were, let's beat England up. Um, and he didn't get involved in that. So I was proud of him, to be fair.
1: Yeah, I mean, let's bring you in there, Jace. Firstly, Barrios, what did you make of him? Was he channelling in his inner hate for Liverpool already, with that headbutt on Henderson?
5: I thought Barrios made Serge Aurier look quite calm. That's the best <laughs> yeah. thing you can say. I mean, you know, oh, Ar- I, I bet Aurier can't wait for him to arrive. He'll think, you know, <laughs> looks like Aurier, on drugs or something, in, in that calmest way, He's taking Valium or something, if oh, Barrios dear. was in the team. But... Um, no, I wasn't impressed. Let's let's just say that it would uh, it, it it needs some work. Put it that way, but, um, but Sanchez, lights players that
1: F- he, he has to work with, though, Jase. To be fair, yeah.
5: But but there's work, and then there's there's overtime, and right, and, you know, there's a hell of a lot of work to do on Barrios. But you know, I, I suppose you adapt to leagues and things. But you know, we we don't know how strong those links are, mate. Do we? So, no, of course not. You know, no. you know what I'm like with trade first. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: We've got some more Sanchez. coming later, Jase. Don't worry.
5: Oh, great! Sanchez, though, you know he really—I mean—that tackle on Mane that's, that's been called the tackle of the tournament, wasn't it? Yeah. What a, what a tackle. fantastic tackle that was! And um, you know, thankfully with the old VAR, we, we saw the benefits of it, and so it, it stays as a tackle of the tournament rather than being given as a penalty. But you know, he's he's impressed. He made that slight mistake did in their first game when I think he let let the ball bounce and they ended up getting caught and the his teammate ended up getting sent off with Amber on the line but other than that one mistake i think he's been i've been really impressed with him both times i've seen him both the live games i've seen them and last night he was he was for me as i say i thought he was the best player on the pitch last night
1: Mm. I mean, let's bring you in, John. I mean, he does look like he's going to be growing into a fantastic defender. I mean, for me, he was desperately unlucky to be on the losing side. I think he'll be an even better player next season. And I mean, like Lee said, probably one of the few Colombians to not be placked in. And also, massive shout out to Jan Vertong, because the way he mentored him last season. I mean, John, we've got a serious, what looks like a bargain now, what we paid our club record fee last season for him.
3: It does, yeah, it does. That At the time you think £42 million for a kid who's only had mm. one season in Europe and, you know, no disrespect to the Dutch league, but the area of the is not the strongest of leagues and you think, you know, hopefully this is not one of them where we've chucked a load of money away, but he's been outstanding. He was outstanding for us all of last season. He had a bit of a moment of madness at Watford, didn't he, and then a, a, a bit of a, a dodgy moment against West Brom at Wembley, but that's about it really and if you consider the amount of minutes he played, it's not bad going and as you said as well about Super Yan, you do have to give him some credit because you know, as far as mentors go, as a centre half in the Premier League, he's been one of the best that the Premier League's had over the past five six years as Wattonman. So he's obviously rubbed off on him. And it just it, when you, when you see him, you know, when you, when you have a, a game like this where there's one of your club players on the opposition side, you do feel for him a bit. And I must admit, I did feel I was gutted for him because, like we've all said, you know, he was. Probably the best player on the pitch. And he was probably about the only one of the Colombians that didn't resort to any kind of shithousery whatsoever. <laughs> He's a good footballer, and that was that was enough for him. He didn't need to do that. And I, I must admit, I, th- I know that they were missing Hammers uh, Rodriguez, and I'm sure they would have played in a different way. Had he had been fit, they might have actually tried playing some football. But the way they went about it, it was pretty disgraceful. But yeah, Davinson did stand out. And like I say, he didn't get involved in any of that. And, yeah. uh, He's been. I'm sure he'll be a Colossus for for, for Tottenham again next season
1: yeah and John a word on Barrios what do you make of him
3: uh, I'll tell you what mate is Kazuyukatoda available <laughs> I'm not having oh, really? that oh
1: really that bad
3: I'm not having that do you know what it is Rick if you if that's if that's the situation and there's genuine links there
0: mm.
3: I'm, I would like to think that uh, Pochettino would have changed his mind after seeing that because really? he didn't have a positive impact on the game in terms of actually playing football he should have been sent off. He probably could have had three or four yellow cards in that game, plus the, plus the red he should have got. And you just think, all well, right. I know we, we, we say tongue in cheek, like Jay said about having him in a North London derby, but that ain't going to do us any good. You know, we're we're past that point now at Tottenham, where you have, we, we we can afford to have a loose cannon. We're going for you know the, the top end of the Premier League in the Champions League, and you can't be having players being sent off because they can't handle the pressure. And you know, the, we see in the Premier League week in, week out, the frenetic pace of the game, I just, I personally, from what I've seen of him, I really don't think he'd be able to cope with it. And uh, I, I think we'll pass on that one. He's a Palacios. Do you know what, Lee? I, I, I used to like Wilson Palacios, as much as he was a bit limited, and uh, he's not even in, he couldn't even, he's not fit enough to tie up Palacios' bootlegs, <laughs> mate, honestly.
4: Well, there you go. I think that's enough, enough said on Barry. let just, just hope <laughs> it ain't
1: true, Yeah, we'll have to wait and see on that one. Lee, let me come round to you to start off the rest of the review of our other Spurs players on international duty. We're going to start with Belgium. They came from 2-0 down the other evening to beat Japan 3-2 to see them advance also to a quarter-final. Alderville and Matong getting minutes, then Dembele on the bench. What did you make of that game?
4: Well, it was, was, I mean, another delivery, I suppose, of brilliant football in in this World Cup. Um, And it didn't disappoint. I mean, I think maybe the first half was a little bit kind of flat, um, but certainly the second half. I mean, Japan have come out and they've just left spaces in behind. This is hmm. what I was, I was a little bit worried about, lads, actually. Uh, I don't know what the listeners think as well with regards to the Tottenham contingent, because Olderworld and Vatomen, um, like, we've waxed a little bit about them both as a partnership individually, both loved at Spurs, whatever. Regardless of that whole Olderworld contract stuff. That you know, they're still our players, and they have looked a little bit ropey in this World Cup, like in all of their games, and and um, against Japan wasn't no uh, no no exception. I know Vatongan got himself out of it, like like we said before, because he scored, but it was a big mistake that he made, very similar to actually the type of mistake that Walker made um, uh, the other the, uh, last night in in the, in the, the pass back situation. So he he kind of went for the ball, he didn't quite get it. And instead of uh, um, uh, you know, he just got done for pace, and and that that is a bit of a worry for me in terms of the Belgian defence. Looping header from Vertonghen to uh, to get him back in it, but wow, did they got are they got some spirit in their team? Uh, and again, a lot of Spurs contingent in their team. Like when you look at the Dembélé situation as well, the Nasser Chadley coming on to score the winner, he's at like Spurs as well. You, you look at that and you think. Well, wow, it's all these Spurs players that have all of a sudden going into these teams that have got amazing team spirit, and that can't be a coincidence,
1: can it? No, I don't think so. I mean, Jason, bring you in. Me and you actually watched this one live together. Um, let's get your reaction now. A couple of days on, what did you make of that game? And the tongue in that fought for, like I said, one of the goals that made up for it with a looping header. You probably would argue the keeper should have done better with.
5: That was a crazy game, wasn't it? That oh, was uh, full credit for Japan because you know, I was critical of of Russia in their game against Spain, saying. No no side that makes no contribution to 220 minutes should ever win a game of football as, as bad as Spain were. And, and somebody said, well, do, you know, do, do you expect teams like that to have a go at Spain? Well, we saw Japan, you know, Japan could have easily parked the bus for 90 minutes and been petrified of Belgium. But they, they the first 10 minutes Japan had a go, then Belgium took over. But that second half, the way Japan came out, and they really went at them, didn't they? And, it really you know, 2-0 did. up, and it wouldn't have been a surprise if Japan had got a got a third on the night and as you say probably it was just naivety and and some some questionable goalkeeping that, that cost Japan more so than than anything else but it was a fantastic game of football and but and and again you know as, as Lee said with that spurs eye on it you and me were watching it as as we said with an eye of it as, as a World Cup game, but also a lot of it to do with Spurs and to to see see Tongan make that that awful error. We looked at each other, I think, and mm. thought we just haven't seen that from Jan this season, and and it makes you think, you know, how does Axel Witzel get in there as their defensive <laughs> midfield player? Because it's beyond me how he can. But um, you know, they, they pulled it around, didn't they? And, and Jan, did he did he mean his header to go in, or was it just? Just, uh, you know, trying to get it back in the middle. But there was still that sense of pride that, yeah, and particularly with his goal-scoring record for Tottenham, dubious in the last few years, it was, was just great to see him. And then it almost felt like Nasser Chadley was still one of ours when he <laughs> scored. That's, yeah. that's the type of emotion that, mm, that came around.
1: Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, John, let's bring you in. Feel free, what did you make of this one, John, to uh, give us your verdict? And also Dembele, John, didn't play... Did see him against England, obviously, in the more of a makeshift team by Gareth Southgate, ahead of the Columbia game. What were your thoughts, John?
3: Well, the Belgian-Japan game was one of those. It, it, it summed up this World Cup perfectly and encapsulated it lovely. So, we've had some really dodgy halves of football where there's not been much going on. And then we've, we've seen them spring into action. And that one was just one of them. It was a bit nutty in the second half. You think <laughs> Japan come out and go 2 it up. and Obviously, no one saw that coming. And you start thinking, you start thinking. Well, I'm glad we lost to Belgium now in the last in the last game because it could be England losing to Japan. And then, yeah, obviously the Belgians, you know, Roberto Martinez, the tactical genius, brings on Fellaini, and they start lobbing it in the box, and it, you know, it worked for them. He felt felt sorry for the Japanese at the end, but when you consider their goalkeeper got relegated with Dundee this season from the Scottish Premier League. Mm. So, yeah, he's probably not that much cocked, to be honest. With you. But, <laughs> yeah, they put a little bit of pressure on him, and, and it, it worked. I think it was. I don't care what Yang actually said himself. He definitely meant that, Edda. <laughs> and it, I thought, <laughs> I, I, I thought he was a little bit. It's it's a it's, it's a bit weird, isn't it? You see these players sometimes taken out of their club environment with their with their usual partner, and oh, I, you know, Toby was there still. But for the first game, first uh, two games, I think they had Dedrick Boyata in between them. I, I know Thomas Van and Vincent Company have been playing in between them as well. I don't know whether that makes a difference. So Vertonghen and Aldevero have got another defender in between them. I'm not sure whether that whether I'm just talking crap there, but they're not as in, in as close communication with each other as they would be if it was a back four or perhaps a, you know when you know when we play that way with Tottenham. But yeah, the the whole Axel Vixel thing. I'm not. I'm not sure I understand that. He, I think he, he must have something over like every manager Belgium have <laughs> had in the last few years. Because, all right, I, I know we say, oh, you know, obviously we see Moussa Dembélé all the time, and we know how good he is. But it can't just be us that see it. it no, it, no, good. He's, he's so good. Mm. I don't understand. You know, it, I, I'm a bit disappointed because you think he could have been one of the stars of this tournament, and he ain't been given a chance because of Vixel's plan But. You know, whatever they're doing at the minute, it's working for them. Obviously, they're in the quarterfinals too. And uh, I must admit, Belgium versus Brazil, you are hoping for another blockbuster there, and that's that's close to call that
5: one. On that Belgium game, did you mind go back to the... um... To Paul Stelteri with a West Ham goal you know, <laughs> oh, to God. break their hearts just go downfield from a corner in the last kick of the game and just slide it in like Chadley did it was just ah, oh, it was. I could see Paul Stelteri all night long running down there that was, that's what made me laugh
3: do you know what, it was very reminiscent Jay I think the one thing as well I would say although Lukaku didn't have his best game that was some world class forward play from Lukaku in the build up to that the way he pulls the defender away which allows De Bruyne to come out with the ball then the dummy for Chadley as well. I'm not going to start giving it about Romelu Lukaku. I he has a shite season <laughs> next season, obviously. But I think that went a little bit underappreciated by
4: a lot of people, and especially probably us, <laughs> who all got our Spurs caps on watching every game. I, I actually think he had a good game, to be fair. Like mm-hmm. like you say, his forward play in general, like, I think he's a bit of a lump, and I echo, that's obvious that I echo what you say, I, I want him to have a shit season or whatever next year. But <laughs> just from looking at it from a footballing perspective, um, I thought he had a good game running, running off the ball and occupying people and doing that sort of stuff. I thought he, you know, he worked tirelessly for the team. Uh, I, I think some, sometimes not just Lukaku, but some players, you know, bring it back to Spurs as well. Last season, when everyone was on the back of Deli Alley, oh, he, he don't do enough, he don't do enough, and I, and I, I think all of you agreed at, at the time when I sort of said, look, watch him off the ball, yeah, because he <laughs> has some amazing stuff. You know, I was listening to. Um, Famous radio station away in, uh, from from a city today, and they were talking about Delhi Alley in the World Cup now, and they're sort of saying about you know oh we don't do much and this and I'm thinking just watch him off the ball he mm-hmm. occupies people and I think uh, you know that people need to to it's not just about what you do on the ball it's also what you do off it
1: yeah agree well one guy that's been um, another star of the tournament for South Korea unfortunately obviously no longer at the World Cup is Sonny. Uh, we saw an absolute peach from him during the tournament, whilst also ensuring he sent Germany and Arsenal's Meza Ozil packing their bags. Jace, let me come round to you first to start off the Sonny review for him for South Korea. I mean, like I said, a cracking goal from him, um, the star of the show against Germany. What did you make of his World Cup?
5: It's incredibly hard for him, isn't it? When when he's so he's such a level, so clearly a level above everyone else they've got, and. I felt for him in, in that first game. Who did they play first, Korea? They lost that first game, didn't they? And um, he was kind of lost in the game. They lose it 1-0 or 2-1 or something that first game. But but the, uh, when he scored the, the late consolation goal, what a goal God. that was. Yeah. We, we've seen him score many of those for Tottenham, haven't we? It was absolutely fantastic. And then against the Germans, that was it's a game that will live on. Because Korea, so often Korea broke. And, and yet couldn't find the, that last little bit of composure or final pass and you're just screaming for god's sake somebody give it to sonny just let just let sonny get get on the ball and, and they just couldn't do it and then finally neuer goes downfield and Korea make one ball and, and sonny's i mean the energy he showed to get there it was what 94 minutes in yeah, or whatever yeah. and tucks it in and the, the the you know that beaming smile on his face and, and was heartbreaking seeing the, the the picture outside the dressing room when they got knocked out, mm. wasn't it? On the the previous game, and he was in absolute tears. And so to see that that lovely sunny smile, it was and and against the Germans, and that that always has the extra connotation for for England fans, obviously. But no, he's he's uh, he's, he's one that will emerge with a lot of credit from the tournament again. And I, I personally think, you know, if you've knocked if you've not the current world champions out, you should get military service exemption for that. <laughs> I mean, you
1: know, just that's, you know, that's an that. exceptional thing. And,
5: and just, he got the two goals. Let, let him off now and let him come back home for us.
1: Mm. And when Jace, you were one of the first ones, I remember when this whole thing was coming around, you said it's a real concern. It wasn't really picked up by a lot of Spurs fans, but just to kind of, again, you know, ram home the implications here, you know, Spurs could lose Sonny for, I think up to two years. Is that right? With this military service?
5: Yeah, it will be. And, my concern is we'll miss him for a lot of this year because well January
1: you know, the, 2019 is going to be missing well, for majority well, of that miss, by the of it.
5: I think Tottenham. I think Tottenham have already said he'll go on the Asian Games, which is mm. August September. And obviously, don't forget with those tournaments, it's not just the tournament dates that because they're FIFA tournaments, they get called up before that. So you know, Sonny Sonny might play the first league game of the season and then he'll go with career again. Having not had hardly any break anyway. And if they, you know, if that doesn't work out for him, you've got to imagine the, the mental toll and the, the emotion it will go through because he, he can see his career, he can effectively see his, his top level career just disappearing, can't he? Mm. And you've got to, you've got to handle that. And, and you know, I always said I think that's why Lucas Moore has been brought in, but then he'll go again in, in January. There's no precedent. I think whether, whether Tottenham will release him in January, I'm not sure because. I don't think there's, there's any precedent for players being given exemption from tournaments like that. So presumably Tottenham will speak to Korea. But if Korea say, yes, we want the player, and if we were to win that AFC Cup, he'll be exempt, then Tottenham would be right to release him again. But then again, that's, that's, that's effectively January and a lot of February wiped out. So you, 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 the bloke's going to miss three or four months of the season in various competitions and not being ready. And, and if that goes wrong... And he comes back in February and thinks, that's it. I'm, I'm gone at the end of the season. What what type of, of impact does that have on him mentally and, and emotionally? So I think it's going to be a really tough season for him. Mm.
4: It's, really, it's really difficult. It's really difficult as well because he uh, when he was at uh, Leverkusen, he had the opportunity to do exactly what he's going to be doing with Spurs, as, I, as in go to the Asian Games. Yeah. And he didn't go because they, I don't think they would release him. And uh, the South Korea went on to win the the Asian Games, and all them players are now exempt yeah, from military cracking, duty. Yeah, and, cracking and, point and, that league. Uh, mm. Yeah, and Sonny didn't go. I don't think <laughs> it was his choice. I think it was a club wouldn't release him, and that now this is his final chance to to do it. Otherwise, he has that military thing. Says so that's coming around to bite us a little bit in the backside, isn't it? Mm. Uh, it is quite when when you hear Jace talk about it like that. It's, it's a fucking serious issue because you've just mm. lost one of our, well 20, 25 goals a season, man.
1: Yeah, spot on. I
5: mean... I think, I think the one thing that fans have to bear in mind that, you know, a lot of us, because we don't have the issue here, think, oh, what, why can't he just get out of it? But, you know, having spent 12 years in Asia, I know full well that if you get military service, it's not the done thing to get out of it. It, it brings yeah. shame on your family if you yeah. try and get out of it. It doesn't go down well. And I think... Um, you know other players, and it's it's happened in other sports as well. One of the the top golfers has just lost two years as a as a top class golfer. But there's no thought of I'm losing two years of my career. It is I'm going to serve my country. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And we don't understand that. And the the thought of Tottenham trying to get him out of him, he he won't. You know, underneath it, you might think, oh, it'd be quite nice to resume my or you know keep going with my career. But deep down. Him and his family would be shamed if Tottenham try and get him out of it, and it works. You just don't do it.
1: Mm. It's interesting mm. you put it like yeah, that, Chase. Interesting you put it like that. I mean, John, let's bring you in. I mean, from what we understand, there's no official statement from the club yet, but it appears that Spurs are reluctantly allowing Sonny to go to the Asian game. That's what we're hearing at the moment. You know, that's from the, I think the Evening Standard have reported that. With that in light, John, you know, Spurs have been rumoured to you know tying up you know our key players to long term deals. Can you offer John a guy a five year contract in Sonny? If you know, there's this potential we're going to lose him for two of those years.
3: It's, I don't think you can. I think it's, it's one of them where you, you have to wait, and then if he does get this uh, exemption, if if South Korea do well in one of these tournaments, then the contract thing is something that you revisit. But I, I remember, I don't know if Jay would probably know more about this than me. Was um, was it Park Chong Yong? He played for Arsenal. he played for Monaco. He he went as like he went exiled himself in Monaco and became a citizen or something like that. And so to try and get out of it. And he's, I think he's been, him and his family, have, have not, have can't go back to South Korea or something God, like that. Is that serious? He must be. Mm. The thing is, it is it, yeah, it is massively serious. It's one of them things, like Jay said, it's a mentality thing as well, I think, for them. You, you know, you might say to Sonny, yeah, you know, do you want to do the, your, your military service? And he says, well, you know, he might say, yeah, he might be looking forward to it, for you we know. Mm. But at the same time, you think you're going to lose two years, five million quid in wages, or whatever it might be, you know, and, and we lose a, a top-class player because you can't imagine that someone would go from Premier League at tw- oh, what's 28. It, yeah, it, what's he going to play though, John? For two years, and
1: that's the thing. What is he going to play for two years? You know, he's going to play what? Kickabout in a mili- on a military base. I mean, I don't, <laughs> what can he do?
3: I said, he's a, he'd be allowed to play amateur football, which right. is effectively Sunday league. I was, mm. I was reading, in, I was reading about it not so long ago, and it's, it's it's a ridiculous situation. I don't think anyone was even aware of it when we signed him. You just think, you know, we've got this twenty two year old for five years, he's you know, and he started off well and you think, What a player we've got here. You don't you don't consider any of these other implications. And I think it'd be really sad if it if it comes to it. Like I say, it's a tough one for the club, but I would like to think that they would especially given that there's a good opportunity for South Korea to win, especially the AFC trophy. I think hopefully Jay would agree with that. You know, they they'd be one of the favourites. I think it's, you know, one of them where you have to you've got to let him go and just hope that they win and you come back and and, you know that all gets swept under the carpet and he can carry on as a professional footballer hopefully for Tottenham for, for a long time to come
1: I mean, I suppose time will tell on it, won't it, with Sonny and the um, Asian games. We'll have to wait and see. Let's about another player that, unfortunately, has also crashed out of the World Cup. And that's Christian Eriksen, obviously, of Denmark. Jace, let's start with you on that one. Obviously, Croatia beating Denmark 3-2 on penalties. Eriksen missing a penalty during the shootout, but did score a cracking goal in the tournament for them.
5: Yeah, I think he'll he'll probably come away a little bit disappointed with his performances. Again, a little bit like Sonny. is at a level... Considerably higher than the rest of the team, you see that, and perhaps when they're playing, you know, we saw it with Republic of Ireland. When you're you're playing similar levels to Denmark, he could shine. But I thought he had a, you know, he really struggled to 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 get involved in a couple of games, and yet he still racked up an assist for for the first Denmark win, didn't he? When when Poulsen scored, and and as you say, he scored a, a cracking goal himself against Australia. But we never really, if if we're being honest, saw the the Christian Eriksen that we. We know and, and love so much at Tottenham, and I thought he's he's. I didn't think he took a bad penalty in the shootout, much like Jordan just yesterday. I didn't think it was necessarily a bad penalty, but but the keepers made a fantastic save, and uh, I think he will be a just a little bit disappointed with with how it went. But you know, when you when you look at that Denmark side, and, and you're you're looking at Brentford's right back and a an Ipswich centre half and things like that. Again, I suppose it's hard for him to to to. To play in the way that he can with with Kane and Ali, because players at that level they just don't see the pass coming, or anticipate the pass coming in the same way that that top class players do. And and similarly, they, they when they've got the ball and Ericsson's waiting for it, they can't can't get the ball to him in the areas that they need to do it in, like like you'd you'd see at Tottenham or if he was playing for for Spain or or any of the other major types of nations. So it's hard for him, but but as I say, I think overall he'll be just a little bit disappointed with how it went in the in the four games that they played.
1: Mm, I mean let's bring you in Lee. What was your thoughts on Eriksson's tournament overall very quickly?
4: Yeah, I I, I kind of echo what Jace just said. I think I uh, just reading some of his social media posts for example where Ericsson's himself there. Uh he's gutted. He's 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 very very disappointed and I think you, it's it's so difficult when you are a star man like like Jace just said it gets into them little pockets. It gets into them. Now, when, when he's playing for for us, when he's playing for Spurs, the, the team know where to get him into their pockets. And when he is in there, and he can feed them, spray them balls in or feed them balls in, he's got them runners. And a little bit, like, I mean, I'm just echoing what Jace just said. He hasn't got that talent around him in Denmark. Mm. Uh, um, I think that they should be proud, though, you know, to get through. They got to the last 16. Um, you know, went out on penalties. And, you know, going out on penalties isn't... Uh, you know, isn't it a shame, is Not it? Not to the Croatia you know I mean? side,
1: Lee. Good to the side as well. Luca Modric in there, pulling the strings. They
4: tore they tore Argentina apart, mm. didn't they? Croatia. Yep. So, you know, I don't think Denmark done too badly. And, um, you know, he runs hard. Like, I see a stat, actually, and I think it was in the Denmark second or maybe the third game. He was, a, he was their top runner. Of course, I think he'd run 11k or something in the game.
0: Mm.
4: Um, which, again, you know, when you're looking at it from a Spurs point of view, he's got all of that energy and all of that, that kind of guile about him still he just hasn't got the players around him to do it. So it's, 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 it's a shame. But um, and, and I think, lastly, I think it is a shame. No, I don't think it was a bad penalty either, but he missed. And I would just be worried now, what, how does that affect him mentally? Yeah. Especially when he comes back with the other lads in the squad. You know, like Sonny comes back and he's there, or well, he might not be there. Um, Eriksen comes back, he's missed a penalty, he's distraught. And us boys come back. how are you? Are you all right? <laughs> you get know what I mean? <laughs> well, like, depending on how, how it goes in the next couple of weeks, Lee. Well, yeah, but like I said, like yeah. I said, right at the beginning of the pod, lads, mm. you know, we, we've done it, right? We, we we should be happy no matter what. Yeah. If yeah. if we start lambasting England for getting to the quarterfinals and getting beaten by Sweden, yeah. we need to have our heads fucking uh, looked at because <laughs> you know we, we've overachieved already. Do you know mm. what I mean? We're like yeah. 14th in the in the world FIFA rankings and we're in the top eight in the in the World Cup mm. with a young side that've never done it before. So, yeah. you no, know, I, I, I would awesome. I'd take action with anyone that says that. But but that's what I mean. Sort like a team dynamic. I, I, I'll come back to what I was about to say in a minute but when you come round to me again, Rick. But on on Erickson, I think he's I think he's had a frustrating tournament and I think that's what he would be for. He needs to go and have a rest.
1: OK, well, let's bring you in, John. What do you make of the least comments about needing to have a rest? Do you have any concern of him going out of the tournament the way he has? That there'll be any concern for them to start the season with Spurs? John, or is it good that he's um, back early with us?
3: <laughs> you can definitely see it from both sides I think in his personal life he's in, his partner is expecting a baby soon, so that gives him something to look forward to Yeah. hopefully it's one of them things where you know you get back in in amongst the day to day of being at a club and you know you quickly forget about it I can't see that he's ruined many careers you know a miss penalty at a World Cup in around the 16 games so hopefully you know he seems to be quite a cool and calm character I've done it most of the time so I'm sure he'll be alright and he'll be you know as the boys as Jay said specifically back playing amongst top players will, uh, you know, brings out the best in him, as we've seen at this World Cup.
1: Yeah, well, along with the Belgium lads and the England lads still standing is Hugo Lloris of France. John, what have you made of Hugo's tournament? For me, he made one really, really good save so far this tournament. Haven't seen much else at all from him. Anything you want to sound Hugo at all? Anything, anything to sound Hugo so far? Yeah,
3: I think Hugo's been, you know, he's, he's been his normal self, really. He's not, he's not dropped any clangers, thankfully. I think you know. I, I, I've, I've got to say, I'm sure that there'll be at least one Tottenham player coming back with a World Cup medal. I, there's five of them. Oh yeah, of I'm, course. I've got. I've got a slight suspicion that it might be just one <laughs> handsome Frenchman who comes back with one.
1: There you go. That's John's verdict for you. Let's bring you in, Jace. What have you made of Larissa's tournament so far? Like we've said, hasn't had much to do so far, and he's in a quarterfinal.
5: Oh, exactly, hasn't had much to do. I mean, I conceded three the other night, but I don't think you could. Uh, He'd hold any of those against Hugo. What a fantastic old Di Maria's was, wasn't it? Mm, yep.
0: you know,
5: he, he saw it late and it had flashed past him. But, but yeah, like John, I think if if it isn't England, I hope it is. I hope it's France because that that iconic image of seeing your player holding that that World Cup would be brilliant. And if it's England France in the final, that that's the ideal final for me because the the iconic toss up of the two captains before a World Cup final. That picture is, is sent around, you know it's such an iconic picture and sent around the world and for it to be Kane against Hugo, you know, with with that club feeling for us. What a proud moment that'd be to have both the captains in a in a World Cup final. And if and if if it goes down to penalties, it will just be a, a completely Spurs penalty shootout with hopefully Rose and Rose and Delhi tanking the fourth and fifth ones up against Hugo. It's just perfect, perfect way to the It'll Be tournament like, be like
1: training, Jace.
5: It will be, absolutely, and John says, you know, hopefully it's five of them coming home oh, with one. But, yeah. but you know, I'd like Hugo to to succeed if it, if it can't be us. I'd probably want them to win it more than Belgium in that respect. Just just to see, you know, that Spurs player, not, not just with the trophy, but actually lifting the trophy. And it'd be fantastic for our football club.
1: Yeah. Well, Jase, taking you for a second, Z-Man asked me to ask you the question. I want to pose this to Jace. Tell me the players you are most and least impressed with so far at this World Cup. Doesn't have to be them, but can be if you want.
5: Well, least impressive one has surely got to be Mesut Ozil. It has to be. <laughs> Who left the tournament pretty much disgraced, having been dropped by the Germans for one of the games and, and been of, of no use to them in, in any way at all. So I think of all the, the big names, Ozil, Ozil and probably Lewandowski was the other massive disappointment in the tournament. And, 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 he, and, and Kane is probably the standout player for me because just the question marks going in. I know he, he's a Spurs player, but it's he's, he's just tick so many boxes and you know when when Messi and has, has gone out and that so many other big names are going out, there's Kane with six goals and it doesn't matter that they're you know, people will say, Yeah, but it's three penalties in there. We've seen in this World Cup Messi miss a penalty. We've seen Ronaldo miss a penalty. We've seen Ericsson miss a penalty. We've seen you know, we, we've seen other top players miss penalties and um it just shows it it's not just a simple thing of oh, they're only penalties. So, so for me, Kane's a standout player so far.
1: Okay, interesting. Let's bring it round to you, Leeds, to get your final thoughts on Hugo advancing with France to a quarterfinal. What's your thoughts on that one?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think he's, I think he's had a, like, like the lad said, I think he's had a comfortable tournament. Yeah, letting three, <clears throat> excuse me, letting three against Argentina. But what a f- game of football that was, by the way, for a neutral, mm. fantastic game of football, great goals. And Mbappe, and Mbappe coming of age as well, um, so um, you know he's probably made some good saves. I think he only conceded one in the group games, uh, like, like I say. So he's done pretty well. France have bored me though. Uh, apart from that game, to, to be honest, you know, they, they, I think they struggled a little bit against Australia. Um, I think they 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 were uh, they were laboured. Uh, to get a 1-0 win, I think, in the second game as well. So, you know, you don't have to start off like a train. Maybe no. you, they're just getting better. So, maybe he does get to the final. Obviously, I love uh, uh, luis But I think at this point, I want to come up with what I was about to say um, uh, previously. Go
1: for it, Lee.
4: Because we're talking here about, you know, five players from uh, from Spurs in the England side, uh, Hugo Louise. if it's a Belgium-England final, which still is on the cards, you've got another three players of Spurs in the Belgium side. And five of them in England. So let's let's paint this scenario. It's an England-Belgium final, and one of them teams win it. Obviously, um, what happens to the three or the five that come back to Spurs? Are they motivated to win the Premier League with Tottenham? Are they motivated to? They just won the thing that everybody dreams of doing. Like you know, you're talking about you know coming back after pre-season. People maybe being a bit tired off. But if you win it. Yes, you could argue yeah, they're in euphoria, but look at Fernando Torres—he come back, won the World Cup. He was fucking shit; couldn't mm, yeah. score. The point. So my my worry, without being Mr. Boom and Gloom, so I'm never that. But my worry would be, what happens if England say, "Well, hang on a minute, yeah, we've won the World Cup. So I'm fucking absolutely am- amazing, once in a lifetime." So then, therefore, their levels at Tottenham go at seventy percent. Interesting. How are we going to
1: motivate them? I, oh, John, let's bring you in. What do you make of that one, from Lee? Good question, eh?
3: I think, if anything, it's going to make them hungry to add to their medal collection. I, I reckon it'd have the opposite effect, to be honest. Let's I hope think so. We, all right, it's, it's, it's not generally the way you start off, right? So mm-hmm. maybe your first trophy's a League Cup or a domestic cup of some kind. It's not necessarily the World Cup, but you know, they get that taste for success. And you think, with such a large Tottenham contingent in that England squad, hopefully you know, that, that kind of winning feeling and getting over the, the winning line finally would rub off on... The rest of the squad, maybe. You know, there's winners in there. You've, yeah, we've got yeah. plenty of players who have won plenty. Just unfortunately not with us just yet. And I think if they no, to the think... World Cup, you're going to want it more. Yeah, I sorry, sorry to
4: interrupt you. But uh, I, think, I, think it's because, I think it's because for me it's the World Cup. Do you know what I mean? We're look, 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 we're not talking here like a League Cup win and a couple of Ajax um, uh, uh, um, Udavese, um champions wins. We're talking the World Cup. We are talking... The biggest the trophy you could win in The world wants to win. Mm. You know, so, so sometimes, do you go to sleep, after you've won it, do you go to it and go, well, what now? I've done it. Do you get what I mean? Like, you know, would we... And I'm not saying all of them would. I don't think you'd think that any of them would. We, you would hope not. But, you know, you could imagine... I'm not going to name the names of the players that I think, but you can imagine some of them thinking, that's it, I'm done. Well, yeah. I, 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 I let me name one of them, for example, Danny Rose. He's already come out two two weeks ago, a week ago, about his um, he, he, or before the World Cup started about his issues and the depression and that sort of stuff, which I think was amazing for him to come out and and, and say all about and and, and air all of that and talk about that. But then he, a couple of weeks, uh, a week ago, or so he talked about you know the fact that he wouldn't be recommending. Uh, younger players to become footballers and all that sort of stuff because of the amount of stress. Yeah. So I you just... could easily quite mm. see him yeah. winning the World
1: Cup and then going undone. Mm.
3: Mateo, He'd you retire are... on
1: July 16th, wouldn't he? It's quite funny you say that. I was with Jace seven. like night. do you want to share what you told me about Danny Rose, what you said to me personally about Rose? Can you remember what you said to me? God, I can't remember. Why don't he shut the fuck up? Oh.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I just think, um, you know, high... high big pressure jobs come with big wages and you know there are lots of people that have big wages and lots of pressures in their jobs and they get on with them and danny rose has chosen that profession if at any stage he doesn't want to play as a footballer he doesn't cope with the pressure just just walk away from it then just just hang your boots up retire just don't yap and yap and yap about it and if he's had a as a a tough season this year whose fault's that been you know he, he gave the interview and i said at the time just shut the shut the fuck up and get on with it, win your place back, and it's
0: mm-hmm. it's up
5: to him, you know, none of I, I don't want to talk, uh, I remember when we were talking about Eric Lamella, I, I said, you know, you, you shouldn't take the mickey out of anyone with mental illness problems mm-hmm. or anything, yeah. and none of us know what depression can do, and hopefully none of us ever will sense that, but but sometimes, you know, I'm sure talking about it does make it easier for some, but you do worry, uh, you know, maybe one or two of those other clubs have gone cold on Danny Rose because of of it not just being down to his football ability. So, you know, Danny just showed up. You know, maybe if he'd have got that goal last night, it would have have just been the the perfect tonic for him. But, um, you know, it could well be, Lee. We don't have to worry about Danny Rose because he he may
4: well be off anyway. He might be off anyway. I know, I just think that was just a good example. I think, I mean, I I know what you're
5: saying, Lee, but, but top, top players, you know, did Sergio Ramos go back to Real Madrid after winning the World Cup and think, I've won the World Cup, that's it. You know, he's won four Champions League since. and You know, you're top, top players. You're really top players. We've seen Germans like... I mean, look at Ozil. You talked about
4: him earlier. What's he done since the World Cup? He's got 350 grand a week down the road, and he's done fuck all. He's absolute shit, which I'm laughing about. You know, Torres, he went from Liverpool... To Chelsea, what did he do? Yeah, he might have scored in the Champions League final, but it took him out. He had a nightmare for, for a long time. Yeah. Because somewhere in his head, it was like, I've done it. I mean, and he yeah. was a serial one. He'd won the European Championships and also the bloody um, uh, World Cup. But then you could argue, like you just said with Ramos, you could argue with Torres that he won the Champions League with Chelsea. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm just thinking that, you know, maybe, the, it, look, maybe it's not a long-term thing, but maybe it might be a short-term thing. How long would it take you as a fan and me included, to get over the fact that we just won the World Cup. Oh, I'm never getting over it. Ever. It's fucking epic. So how long is it going to take for a player to get back in pre-season with Protegino going, right, run fucking, you know, go and do 15 shuttles. You know, I'll like, <laughs>
5: <really have someone laughs> tell, tell you what, Lee, as a fan, it won't take us long to get over it at all. Because if, if Tottenham kick off, and we, we, we suddenly lose two oh, nil to don't.
1: Huddersfield. Imagine. If we lose
5: two 0 to Huddersfield, no one will say, "Oh, so what?" But Harry, Harry, Delhi no, won the true, World Cup. True. It will be, what are these players doing? Their bottles gone. They're letting us down. The success has got to their heads. Mm. Get rid of them. They're all shit. Yeah, you yeah. know, We'll get into That'd that. Again, my, won't that's my, we? my worry, though. That will be saying. it.
4: That is that'll my worry. If the attitude of the fans or the players. And now that's what I'm saying. Look. I don't think that I, I you know, to, just to summarise on, on, on my point essentially, mm. I think that we're going all the way. I think I think we, I think it's going to be a France England final. Um, that's that's what I, I, I think. Uh, or, or Belgium, I think I think there's going to be a lot of Tottenham Tottenham players in in the World Cup final. Let's hope England are there as well. Um, and I hope I hope we're going and win it and have a fantastic season next year. I just. Uh, you know, even if we don't win, even if we come home, you know, God forbid, uh, on Saturday, you know, with the whole pre-season, no one knows how how this team in Spurs and all of the contingent. I think we had the second highest Premier League contingent at the World Cup. I might be wrong in saying that, but I think it was the second highest um, players. We don't know how we're going to gel back after after a massive tournament like this. It's the first time that we've had it. Do you see what I mean? So, you know, even regardless of whether we win it or not. We need to be, like you said, right at the beginning, Jace, you're worried about three points for Newcastle. And, you know, that's what that's what our priority is going to be, isn't it, when the season kicks
1: off? Mm. Well, it's funny you say that about bringing it back to Spurs and the opening fixture. A question in here from White Webster who has gone, where did Levy and his transfer team go for their summer holidays? And have they actually returned yet? I mean, to be fair, we've been sitting here for about 65 minutes talking about, you know, the players on international duty. That probably tells you the lack of activity at Spurs at the moment. Are we concerned? John, you're always the optimist. Are you concerned, John?
3: Well, all I'll say is this. Apparently, the new kit's coming out on July the 16th, which happens to be the birthday of a certain Welshman. Oh, so, I'm, Lord, I'm, not, I'm not. Wait for Lee to so, cover
1: Lee's going to cover it in a second after this. <laughs> ah, I'll,
3: uh, I'll just leave that there, I reckon.
4: Well, can I just
3: complicate he's teed, he's
1: teed it up for you, Lee. Go on. No, you
3: haven't.
4: You teed, he's it, teed out, it up okay, for you, mate. John, but... On July the sixteenth, there's a few things happening, right? So the first thing is the new kit's coming out, as you just said. So certain Welshman's birthday, as you just said. Uh, football would have come home because we would have won the <laughs> World Cup on the on the Sunday. And my my identical twin girls are also going to be five on that day. Oh, so uh, for me personally, it's a massive, massive day going on. And when Bale signs, that stadium oh. is
1: going to be rocking. Don't you worry about that? Could you imagine? It would be. I mean, it would be incredible. I mean, Jace bringing you in. Um, any concern, Jace, about the lack of activity in and out so far?
5: Wasn't there transfer news today?
1: Well, there's, there's transfer news, but again, we, it depends on how much you want no, to take
5: we, it. We, we had a transfer today, didn't we? We let Scott Parker go to Fuller. <laughs>
1: What's going ask <laughs> so you, you, you now. Go. What Let's, do you make of that one? Is that, 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 again, transfer just transfer
5: activity. That's, that's yeah. enough for the week.
1: Why, why... Oh. No, I mean,
5: seriously, mm. we, have, we haven't... I mean, clubs have been signing players, but I don't think we've seen anyone that's been at the World Cup transfer clubs yet, have we?
1: No. No. I don't think not you know any of them. Anyway. The oh no, Arsenal, Arsenal like brought that. that. Arsenal. He's He's really only Lichsteiner, really Swiss bloke. Yeah, Lichsteiner.
4: The really old geezer.
1: Free agent. Yeah. Do you even consider Free that a
5: transfer?
4: Bloke. So, you well, wrote, for you them, know, yeah, because not... they're Europa League, is
5: not it? I think you know, come, come there, the end of that? next few weeks, let's let's get that World Cup. Sort of, and you know, as you're reaching this stage now, there's there's far obviously there's far less players involved than. Than than there was before, and so maybe you'll you'll see some movement. I I think we'll, I'm sure we'll sign two or three players, and (laughs) it won't be a bargain plea from it won't be a bargain plea from Nice, Mm. that's for sure. You don't think so? no, you know, I mean that that rankles to me. Suddenly, West Ham are, are linked with him. That, well, and Newcastle apparently talked to him as well. That's yeah. The, yeah, yeah, the concern. So, so his so his agent says, "Oh, Tottenham are interested," and the clubs from the tier down from Tottenham become involved in it. And uh, you know, I'm sure that's all it is. But like, like I've always said, Rick, worry about them when they sign, and, and just get on with it. Then,
4: mm-hmm. I think, I think the next kind of bout of of good news for for Spurs for us fans needs to be kind of extensions on current contracts as well. Yep. I mean, you were talking about Ericsson. Um, he's, he's home now, unfortunately, for him from the World Cup. So it's a prime time now, isn't it, to, yep. to, to kind of release him on a new contract. Um, I think you was convinced, Rick, that that, that had been done uh, with him and Pochettino before the actual World Cup. So it's just about timing of release and maybe I think he's so, gone all yeah. over his family or whatever. And when he comes mm. back, maybe that will be done. So, I mean, and again, you know, regardless of when, when England's World Cup finishes, the actual World Cup finishes in, like, what, 10 days? It's so not it's, not, it's not far away, is it? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean?
1: The only concern for me is that the fact that the window's going to finish earlier. I mean, John, let me bring you in. There's been some links. I know you, you watch a lot of the, um, the foreign football, at the moment being linked. We've had these names before, obviously. Um, Adrian Rabiel of Paris Saint-Germain. Kristen Pulisic of Dortmund. Either one of those players John is a potential replacement to Dembele. Is that such a thing do you think as a replacement to Dembele? How good are those two players? Well
3: Adrian Rabiot is a he's a he's a very technically sound player. He's a central midfielder, left footed, he's got he's got a lovely mop of hair, which <laughs> uh, as a bald man, I appreciate that. But Christian Pulisic is a he's a speedy little winger, he's an American player. He wouldn't be he wouldn't be coming to play in right. central midfield. But I think maybe he'd be the kind of player that would come in should anything happen to Son.
1: Right. No, uh,
3: you know, should, should uh, I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise me if we brought in another wide player anyway, because as Jay said, we're going to be without Son for large chunks of the season. But I think um, Adrian Rabiot was a player that was linked with us as like an 18-year-old, I think under Andre villas boas And then he got his big break at PSG and he's held down a place ever since. He's a France international. He's a very tidy player. I think he'd be a he'd be the perfect foil for a, a more combative central midfielder. And, you know, we've got Dyer and Wanyama already at the club to do that job. So, for me, he's only got 12 months left on his contract as well in Paris. So, for me, that'd be a no-brainer.
1: OK. another links at the moment. Alex Grimaldo of Benfica, a full-back John. Could that be one? Um, a left-back? He,
3: yeah, a potential he, Danny Rose
1: replacement there, maybe?
3: Potentially. I think he's, he's a good young player who's got a lot of potential, but I can't see him coming in to dislodge... Uh, you know, I think he's a, he's a level behind Rose and Davies. That's for sure. Right. Okay. He's not. He's not a bad player though. But it's another one where, you know, the, the Portuguese league is. You know, it's not the strongest. And do you take a risk on a player like that, where where you can, you know, we've got, you know, you have got Kyle Walker Peters at the club already. He's more more than good enough to play on either side. I don't think we'll see any fallback movement. I, I'm sorry to disappoint, Jay, but I don't think Rose will be going anywhere, and I don't think we'll be bringing in another fallback. I've just got a feeling that that won't happen.
1: Does that concern you at all, John? Only because from my perspective, I look at Spurs, and don't get me wrong, you know, Trippi's had a fantastic World Cup. You know, Davis was incredibly solid last season for Tottenham. But my overriding concern is when we had, you know, the season when we had Walker and Rose absolutely (coughs) bombing down the flanks, we looked so effective, and teams just looked absolutely terrified of us. And not having those attacking fullbacks for from me is a a big, big loss to, you know, a, a Tottenham side with so much talent in the middle of the field. You know, I think it's an area that would maybe look... At all.
3: Yeah, I, I don't think so. I think we're, we're going to have a second season, uh, sorry, second season Serge Aurier, who is that kind of dynamic fullback. We just never saw enough of it mm-hmm. last season. I think if you consider the fact that he's going to have a full pre-season this time, you know, he's, he's you like to think he's well, he's definitely more in tune to what the Premier League uh, demands from a player than he was 12 months ago. And I think he's, Serge Aurier is still the perfect replacement for Walker for me long-term, considering his age, his athleticism, his dynamism, and the fact that he is a quality footballer. He just, I mean, he got caught up in, uh, in one or two moments of madness last season. Both brought the best out of each other, and I think that, that they'll continue to do so as well.
1: OK, well, I don't think there's much more to say on the Spurs front. I mean, lads, anything else you want to add at all?
3: I just want to say as well that the, the guy that's taken over from Scott Parker, his name's Matt Wells, He is the grandson of Cliff Jones, double winner. So, well, at least we're keeping it in the family at Tottenham.
1: Yeah, keeping it in the family. I mean, on that point, Jace, coming out round to you. I suppose Parker, it's gonna be a step up from, isn't it? He's gonna be in a first-team coaching position at Fulham, whereas at Spurs he was the under-18s coach. So maybe you can understand him moving on.
5: Yeah, absolutely. And he, he probably sees progression to the to the number one job a lot lot quicker that way, rather than than at Tottenham, where Pochettino's just signed a, what, a five-year contract himself again or something. So, you know, best wishes for him. He, he, he did a. a a terrific job in that um, the Champions League you know Academy League thing last year and um, you know wish him all the best he's been a good servant as a player and he's been a good servant as a coach but yep you know when, when things like when you have the opportunity to come I mean let's be fair if Steven Gerrard can leave Liverpool to go and be a, a manager in Scotland then you know there's no reason why Scott Parker shouldn't shouldn't go and do a first team coach's job at Fulham at, at Premier League level as well so no good luck to him
1: Yeah. Well, guys, apologies for the lack of summer shows so far, but Spurs haven't really given much, much to talk about, have they? It's all been the international scene, and it's our boys making all the noise on the international front. So, guys, hope you enjoyed the show. Of course, we are going to be back when there's more to report on Tottenham. But for now, let me just say a massive thank you to Lee for coming back on the show. Lee, it's been a pleasure having you.
4: Cheers, lads. And just remember a couple of things that you need to go away with, right? <laughs> it's coming home. Cheers, lads.
1: You had edited first from Lee McQueen. John, thank you as always for coming back on the show. Pleasure to have you on, John.
3: Nice one, mate. Love it.
1: Well, oh, thank you so much, Jace, Always a pleasure doing them. Hopefully, there'll be some more stuff to report on Spurs. It's been very, very quiet at the moment. In for you, Jess. It must feel a bit quiet. Come on.
5: Yeah, it's a bit quiet, but I'm not worried, mate. Don't don't worry about it. Let all the let all the panic go elsewhere. Just keep yourself calm and wait till the season kicks off. That's all you got to do.
1: There you go, Dr McGovern there giving you the final line. Keep calm, let's hope it's all going to start kicking off once this show goes live on air. Guys, enjoy the show, have a great weekend, and as always, come on you Spurs!